This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 244 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. This episode is sponsored by Kentucky Performance Products at kppusa.com, Fleeceworks at fleeceworks.com, and Global Dressage Forum North America at globaldressageforumna.com. from Jupiter, Florida. And this is Regina Christo from Sand Lake, New York, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show, brought to you this week by the United States Para Equestrian Association. And we have we also have our producer, Coach Jen, with us. Hi, Jen. Hi-ho, ladies. Nice to talk to you again. Nice to hear from you, too. It's been a little while. Anyway, Glenn doesn't always let me do the para episode, so he I kicked him out, and we're talking. We are recording in Studio B this evening, so I get to hang out. And wow, what a lineup of guests you guys have! I know. I'm I'm very excited to to talk with Thomas Bauer, who's a big deal. He's the big organizer for the Adequate Global Dressage Festival, and he has a large resume along with well, along with his name and. He's managed some top shows in the world. So, so I'm excited to talk with him because his experience with paradressage overseas. And our second guest is Bridget Kroger. And not only is she a veteran, but she is the organizer of the Wounded Warrior Equestrian Program. So we'll learn a little bit more about that as well. But Regina, I know you and I got together this uh, last weekend in Wellington. How did you enjoy your time down here in Florida? Oh, hi, Lindsay. Oh, it was really nice. Um, spent um, about five or six days up in the northern part of uh, Florida before I came down to the Wellington area, and I have to say it was quite chilly up there, but it was still 50 degrees warmer than it was at home here in New York. So and it was nice to be uh, warm in Wellington for a couple of days, and it was great to see you guys. Yeah, it was amazing, and I really enjoyed attending the United States Equestrian Team Foundation dinner with all those disciplines and all those people, and it was so great. We had all those riders. We had, oh gosh, how many riders? We had we had three tables worth of paradressage riders at that venue. It was amazing. I was so happy I um, had the opportunity to get down there and uh go and celebrate with everybody and really happy to meet um, some new para riders that I'd never met before. And we definitely filled up the tables and we also filled up the dance floor. And uh, I was really happy to see people kind of looking at us like, who are you guys? And they now know who we are. <laughs> and, and I think we have fun. some incriminating photos too of a few of our, of a few of our riders. Uh-oh. On the dance Facebook. Floor. Uh-oh. <laughs> No, everybody was great. <laughs> it was a great time, and it was a, there was a lot of money raised, um, and it's uh, it was just great to have all Paris together. Yes, <laughs> and uh, I had some big news to announce this weekend, and um, my husband and I are expecting. So we were we were excited to announce that and tell everybody about that. Woo-hoo! <laughs> Baby, that's exciting! That's excellent! Congratulations! 
except the bad news was that I am I am going to have a baby during during a World Equestrian Games. So everybody's encouraging me to head to France because the veterinarians can take care of me just fine. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll take care of you. Don't worry. You'll be fine. You I have a few kids. I can help you. You better start shopping for your first pony now. Get started. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm sure you will be terribly missed in, uh, over in France. I can guarantee that. I know. I'll, I will. I'll miss being there with the team and everybody else. But I know. I'll, I'll hopefully I'll make it through selection trials, um, which is in June this year. So hopefully I'll make it through there and and be with the team there. And then say um, au revoir <laughs> to everybody. <laughs> well. I'm sure everybody is wishing you well, and we all can't wait for uh, for this little bundle of joy to come to you and all of us. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, I forgot to mention, uh, we should tell our listeners, we had the announcement of our chef de keep for the Paradressage team this year, and, and his name is Kai Hunt, and I probably don't even need to tell anybody about him because I know a lot of people know um, who he is and what a wonderful person he is, and we're excited to have him. As our new chef to keep. Yes, congratulations to Kai. He is uh, going to do a fantastic job. And uh, I know there was a big meeting in Florida um, very early in the morning after the party. So I'm not sure who planned that, but um, it was a really successful meeting. And Kai has some great ideas. And um, I think he's going to be a super asset to our para um, discipline and moving forward. Yes, yes, I agree. So, anything else going on in your life, Regina? Um, most exciting is I am in the search for a new dressage horse. Um, that's one of the reasons I was down in Florida. I sold my wonderful um, horse uh, about a, right before the holidays, and just about the first person who sat on him fell in love with him and bought him. So I've been horseless for about, oh my goodness, I think about seven weeks. And I have a couple horses of my friends I can ride, um, but I'm really anxious to get a new partner and work this winter and get ready for the, the season. So that's what I've been doing. It's it's lonely without my horse, but he's in a great home. And he, as a lot of people know, he is a super um, pair of horses as well. And I'm hoping my next horse might be able to uh, do some work with pairs as well. Yeah, gosh, I, I hope so too. But I know that process of looking for a new horse is so exciting and so fun, and you get all of your emotions involved. And I'm sure you had a ton of horses to choose from down here in Wellington. Yep, we we looked at a lot of horses from the top of the state to the bottom, um, and I didn't come home with one this time, but we saw what's out there, and the right horse will come along. I'm sure as soon as uh, as soon as I find him, he'll be mine. Of course. Well, as we get started on our, our radio show, we're going to have up next uh, Thomas Bauer after our commercial here from the Global Dressage Forum. The Global Dressage Forum North America, the ultimate educational experience where champions meet. After this winter, who won't want to be in Wellington, Florida for the second annual Global Dressage Forum North America, presented by DressageClinic.com. 
Mark your calendars and book your plane tickets for the event of the season, Saturday, February 15th and Sunday, February 16th at the Jim Brandon Center. Some of the world's most recognized dressage experts and educators, including Stefan Clark, international rider Jan Brink, Conrad Schumacher, Christoph Hess, and many, many more will be presenting onstage demonstrations, lectures, interactive discussions, and panels consisting of some of the world's most internationally recognized trainers and judges. Did we mention the shopping in the warm Florida sun in February? The Global Dressage Forum North America 2014 is presenting the highest profile educational gathering ever to be held in North America, encouraging every dressage rider from across the U.S. and Canada to come and participate in this gathering representing dressage education in its finest form. Buy your tickets now as seating is limited. Be sure to use the coupon code USDF, the number 4, DFNA. That's USDF, the number 4, DFNA, all caps for a big savings on your tickets. Visit the website today at globaldressageforumna.com or call them at 561-909-7621. That's 561-909-7621. Let them know you heard about it on the Dressage Radio Show. Thomas, we Regina and I would like to thank you for coming on the show tonight. Thank you. Hi, welcome. Thank you. So we're very excited to have you on the show. You're a big name for us. You are the big organizer at the Adequan Global Dressage Festival for Equestrian Sport Productions. And I guess I, I want to get started and kind of find out what your equestrian background is and where you came from. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's quite quite funny because I do not really have a, an equestrian background. Um, I get involved in uh, in shows in in, in Germany um, about yeah twenty seven years ago, and um, twenty five years ago I met uh, Isabel Wert and uh, we became friends, and I I learned a lot from her about uh, uh, dressage. Curious, how did you become an organizer of amazing international dressage events? There seems to be so many. How did you start with that? Um, I, I get involved uh, uh, in the very early days of uh, a big uh, indoor show in, in Stuttgart, Germany, um, which hosts nowadays uh, four World Cup qualifiers uh, in jumping, dressage, vaulting, and, and driving. Uh, on the one roof, yeah. That's uh, that's how how I uh, came into that and how I became uh, uh, a dressage organizer. What has been one of your favorite um, shows out of all those that you have covered throughout your life? <laughs> yeah, that's um, that's hard hard to say because um, I'm uh, secretary general of the Association of International. Uh, dressage event organizers, and um, therefore I cannot really talk about my favorite uh, because we have many, <laughs> uh, <laughs> many good and very good shows uh, um, all over the world, and um, yeah, many, many very top indoor shows, and and above everything, I mean, is Aachen in Germany. So, uh, I mean, I cannot really say something about my favorite. <laughs> 
Well, of course not. <laughs> that was a very tactful answer, Tom. <laughs> yeah, so, but uh, I mean, um, uh, I, I, I because we have so many, it's uh, it w would not be right to to mention one of them. I we understand. Um, you're familiar with international dressage and paratressage international shows. From an organizer's perspective, how different are paratressage versus uh, able-bodied dressage um, in in regards to international shows? Um, actually, I I think there. I don't think there is much difference uh, between uh, CDIs and, and uh, international para equestrian shows. I mean, there is um, just a few more uh, things to think about or, and additional needs for, for, for a para equestrian show. But in principle, uh, there is no difference. What, what, are those, what are those little things that are a little different at um, a paradise show versus a regular one? The, quali the qualifiers or the um, uh, for the different uh, grades and all these stuff. I mean, it's different to to normal CDIs. But um, well, apart from that, um, yeah, there are there is not really much difference. Tell me about what your view on the discipline of paradressage and how far it's come over the over the years. Um, I think uh, uh, paradressage is going more and more. Um, professional um, and the number of, of riders increased in Europe in the past years. I, I'm not really aware of the situation here in the in the US, but but in Europe uh, there are more and more uh, uh, para riders uh, want to go to shows, and uh, sometimes we have to we have to limit the numbers because uh, if it is an integrated show. Uh, you cannot deal with with an unlimited number. I mean, because of of times and and riding times and uh, uh, times for for classes and and all these stuff. So uh, you have to make some some limits. Right. Do you see a lot of? Do you see more attendance at these international shows where you're at at their Paradisar shows? What What would you say? Uh, I guess an average attendance would be. I mean, um, I, I'm involved, or I was involved in a show in in Germany, and uh, at the beginning, uh, we were happy uh, if there are about 25 to 30 riders showing up. Uh, and uh, in the last show, we we cut it uh, uh, in, uh, at a number of 60, which was was the maximum to to handle uh, for that show. So there you see, and and this is just 10 years ago. Um, so you see the the increase of of numbers. Well, where do you see the Aquan Global Festival in the future? And you know, I will preface that and say um, how thrilled we are that we have the uh, three star for our Paris this year, and we hope that continues. And where, where do you see the show going in the future? I truly believe that um, we will elevate the Aquan Global Dressage Festival to to a world class level. Uh, we are on the way, uh, and I think that Wellington will be the place uh, to be in the winter time. And uh, more and more European riders uh, will come over in the coming years. Uh, it needs just time uh, that the people from Europe they are here tell them over there it is really the place to be. The footing is perfect, uh, the stabling is super, and uh, the facility is great. So um, I think they are 
there will more more come. And I think it's important for our listeners to know, um, really, what what is your job as an organizer? Because we have Lloyd, Lloyd Landheimer, who's a great show manager, who, who is working with you. But as an organizer, what is your goal or what is your kind of job as an overview of, of this show? At the moment, um, for the first two shows, I, I just try to fix uh, little things uh, which we're doing a bit different in Europe and try to improve uh, these things. So uh, that's at the moment my main task, but uh, I think in the future I will have more and more time to work on, on European riders and we already try to do something uh, for the Five Star, which is the uh, end of March, um, to bring some of the top names over uh, to Wellington. That's really exciting. It sounds like we're going to have an, a really great show venue in Wellington that can compare internationally with, with the other top dressage venues. So that's very exciting for us. <laughs> that's, that's good to hear. <laughs> so, Tom Thomas, what's next for you? Where do you head next for after you are done in Wellington? Uh, well, my next show is uh, mid of June um, in... Uh, in a place it's Achleiten in, in Austria. Uh, that's uh, the place of uh, the beautiful place of, of Sissi Max Teurer. Uh She's the 1980 uh, Moscow Olympic champion, and uh, her daughter rides uh, on the top on the top level of dressage, and uh, she's uh, inviting to her place uh, for a CDI. Wow, that's really exciting. Yes, is there anything is. else? <laughs> <laughs> is there anything else that you'd love for our listeners to kind of know about the show or about you or anything else that you'd like to tell us? I I would like to tell you just a bit about uh, the CDIO, um, yeah. which is oh, part of yeah. the FEI. Yeah, which is part of the FEI Nations Cup series. Uh, it's the first CDIO ever overseas or outside Europe uh, being part of that series, and. Um, we will have a test of the final format uh, for the Pan American Games, uh, which has now been approved by uh, the FEI and by PIKE. Um, we took into consideration all these uh, um, points uh, which came up after last year's test event here in Wellington, uh, mm-hmm. and we got a lot of uh, suggestions from, from the riders and from national federations and I think now we really um, will come up with a well-balanced format, and uh, we hope this is uh, something really exciting for the Pan Am Games. Yeah, that'll be great in 2015 at the Pan American Games. So that's that's really great. How exciting! And it it's neat that we're going to have that here in February. So I'm I'm glad you're a part of that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because it's um, it, uh, it, it this is really something special for me because I uh, was part of uh, the development of of this format and now I really would like to see how it works. Yeah. Well, Thomas, we want to thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to speak with Regina and I on the radio show. So thank you so very much. We really enjoyed speaking with you today. Thank you so much for having me. We'll be back with Bridget Kroger. 
After this, Fleeceworks manufactures pure Australian merino sheepskin and merino wool saddle pads and accessories. Their pads produce a vital thermal balancing layer to pull excess moisture and heat away from the horse's back, allowing muscles to work at maximum capacity without overheating. Fleeceworks Australian merino wool is breathable and hydrophilic, able to hold and store 35% of its own weight in liquid. A longtime staple of the medical field, Australian merino fibers have no equal when it comes to delivering a temperature-controlled, pressure-absorbing layer. The Fleeceworks philosophy, minimum bulk, maximum performance, and they have a variety of anatomically correct pads incorporating technologies and designs that address the individual needs of every horse and rider. Ask for Fleeceworks saddle pads and accessories by name at your local tack and feed store or visit them online at fleeceworks.com. If you are looking for a cure for the winter blues, then the Southern Equine Expo is the answer. Formerly the Southern Horse Bonanza, the Expo will return to the Tennessee Miller Coliseum in Murfreesboro, Tennessee on February 14th through the 16th. During this event, attendees will enjoy clinics presented by nationally known horsemen, educational seminars, and hands-on demonstrations. And new to this year's Expo are competitions including a blacksmith and farrier competition and a youth ranch horse challenge. Many past guests of the Horse Radio Network will be clinicians at this fantastic event. Chris Cox, Tammy Crawford, Dick Peeper, Chase Dodd, Lisa Waisaki, Mark and Miranda Lyon, and so many more covering a diversity of disciplines. Our good friend Wayne Williams of Speaking of Horses will be doing the announcing. Plus, it is one of the most affordable expos in the country at only $9 for adults for advanced tickets. Oh, did I mention the shopping? There is lots of it, and who doesn't need a shopping fix in the middle of February? If you live anywhere near Tennessee, plan a trip to Murfreesboro for the Southern Equine Expo, presented by Tartar Farm and Ranch Equipment. That's February 14th through the 16th. Visit them online for all the details at southernequineexpo.com. This is Regina starting out. Uh, once again, um, Lindsay and I both thank you for being on the show this week. Um, let, have read a little bit about your background, and could you just tell our listeners a little bit of um, how you got started in horses? Uh, well, I grew up on a very small farm in northern Kentucky, about 13 miles from Cincinnati, Ohio. And I'm the youngest of six kids, and my dad... Uh, had a job during the day, and one of his hobbies was trading horses. And with six kids, and we never we never knew what horses were going to be out there for us to ride, for one. And two, since there was uh, six of us kids, we never really quite had enough saddles and stuff to go around. So we always kind of made the best of it. And I grew up just loving horses, being around them. And I haven't really had a chance or the opportunity to focus on one discipline, um, but, you know, I tend to be a little jack-of-all-trades. I can drive, I can ride Western, I can ride a little English, and, uh, yeah, just a, a horse lover in general. And I had my horse, uh, I guess, uh, kind of a cob-sized pony. She passed away when I was 12, and it just broke my heart. And I kind of got away from horses for a while. 
And it wasn't until I was at station at Fort Bliss, Texas, and I was about 30 years old, and I decided to get my own horse. And I bought uh, my current gelding from my sister, Anna, who sells and has a small horse business in Kentucky. And I've wow. been back in the horses since uh, 2002. And my sister, Anna, is the current president of the Kentucky Horse Council. So, uh, wow, that's great. Hey, we're, we're always right there on the periphery. You know, I grew up going to auctions and, you know, knew all kinds of different people uh, when it came to horses. So, that's, I guess, that's uh, my story in a nutshell. And, Bridget, tell us about your time. Um, you said you enlisted in the Army right out of high school. I know that about you. Tell me about that. Well, I was uh, a junior in, well, actually, a senior in high school. And I was accepted to Henry Riddle for aerospace engineering. And my dad, uh, he had, we, I'd gone through 12 years of parochial school. And my dad, when I asked him about college, he said, well, you should have studied harder and got scholarships. I'm like, okay, yes. I guess that is one avenue. <laughs> so <laughs> I uh, decided to go against uh, what a lot of people thought I was going to do. And I decided to enlist in the Army. And I enlisted as an air traffic controller, and I thought that would be a great job to do, and I could get out of the Army and make a pretty good living and be back in Kentucky, marry the man of my dreams, and have a family and have all that kind of stuff. And about the second year into my enlistment, I had a company commander who pulled me into her office, and she recommended that I apply to the United States Military Academy. And I was really surprised. I didn't realize you could do that after having been in the Army. And I talked to my mom about it, and she was very happy and surprised. And I went ahead and I applied to West Point Prep School. And they took me, and I went to Prep School in 91, right after Desert Storm. Mm -hmm. And then um, I did Prep School for a year in New Jersey. And then I entered West Point in 92, and I graduated West Point in 96 um, with a human factors engineering degree. Um, and then I did logistics through my military career, and I really enjoyed it. I had a great time doing it, and it just got to where it got to be too much for me. Uh, I was very successful. I had a great career, and I decided to retire because my heart was being pulled in a different direction. And it was actually while I was in Iraq in 2010 that the Wounded Warrior Equestrian Program, the name, came to me. And then I kind of sat there and said, what is this going to turn into? And um, when I got back from Iraq, I, I came here to Charlottesville straight from Iraq. And around 2011, I really started thinking more about it. And I've always, you know, loved being around horses. And I always would people would give me horses or people would bring me horses that they couldn't quite figure out. And then I would retrain them and kind of, I guess I have a, an eye for a horse and say, no, this horse is better suited for this discipline or this is what this horse is going to turn out like. I can look at a really debilitated horse and not know the breed and kind of know how, what path that horse needs to be on. And then I guess in the military, a lot of people would come and ask me advice just in general. And I've, always been kind of good about people have always enjoyed my advice with helping them, you know, on their path. And mm -hmm. 
I wasn't quite sure, you know, if I was going to get into the therapy side or if I get into a horse rescue. And I said, well, I don't really have the time for that right now. So then that's where the Wounded Work Question Program came about. And it's about raising awareness to what horses bring to our lives and the mm-hmm. healing power that they have and why we all get addicted to them. Um, that's why we say we raise awareness to the healing powers of horses. And then in that, we're supporting equine therapeutic programs and horse rescues because there are all these little small nonprofits around the United States that, you know, do the economy and so forth. They're struggling. And I decided to put a larger organization together that would help bring in additional funding for these small uh, farms. And we also help facilitate the relationship with the nearest military installation. And we also facilitate getting them in contact with the VA and really letting veterans in their communities know that, hey, this is a wonderful benefit for you all to get involved with, and that's um, equine therapy or just getting out and being on farms and being around the horses. I guess I was wow. I joined that's the a- military. <laughs> that, is, that is Sharon Impressive, and uh, congratulations on your retirement, and thank you for your service. <laughs> Thanks. You're very welcome. Yeah. This is your tax return. Yeah. All, you know, all that I'm doing, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm giving back to all the people who supported my military career. So uh, oh, that's this is my thanks to you all for uh, supporting your military. Yeah, and let me ask you, um, in regards to um, trying to get some of our um, military veterans into riding programs, whether it's uh, you know, a para dressage or other disciplines with um, the programs that are offered. Do you find that you're getting different um, men and women who had previous horse experience or someone who has never been involved with horses at all? Do, do you get a little bit of both? It is. It's quite a mix. Um, for some people, you know, they grew up in, like, the suburbs or the city, and then they went into the military, and then their career got cut short. They're kind of back out in the Savannah world going, you know, I'm, I'm, I've got nothing to lose. You know, I've thought I'd be in the military a little longer. And then they're kind of being creative and saying, what is it that I've always wanted to do? And deep down, I think there's a lot of cowboys and cowgirls out there or dressage riders, <laughs> you know, inventors. I, I consider all horse people to be cowboys and cowgirls because we just go for it most of the time. And some of the military, they're just natural athletes. And some of these guys... When I say, in this instance, I'm talking about guys. I mean, they're fearless. Um, so it's a way for me to get more men into the horse industry, <laughs> uh, along with all the women riders out there. But I see it as some of these men and women, um, they're going to get introduced to horses for the first time through equine therapy. And being around equine, being around the horses, they're going to start feeling better. They're going to get back on their feet. And they may be curious to find the next level of what it is to be a horse owner or maybe to get more involved in a specific discipline. And we may find that we have some great horse people out there who have never been around horses. They kind of blossom later on in life. Um, The other side of that is some people coming back from combat, they're going to miss that adrenaline rush. You know, they miss sitting there waiting to kick in doors or jump in windows and save somebody or to help somebody out. And when they come home, I did have this, this is an example of our network um, working out. Uh, A mom in Wisconsin contacted a lady in Texas 
who contacted me because her son, who had been a paratrooper in the 82nd Airborne, got out of the military. He was kind of lost for a while. And he, her, his mom was worried he was going to get into drugs. And, you know, we found out later he did get into drugs. But I was like, you know what? I got a therapy program in Michigan. I know. It's like, well, let's go. How many states can we touch? And we got into this <laughs> therapy program. And it was an Apache medicine woman. So it's a little different than just your traditional therapy program. And she uses animals to heal. And she goes, well, he's already on drugs, so he's going to detox before he comes back to my farm. This young man went home and detoxed himself off of heroin in his mom's basement. That's how strong he is. So he could go to this farm and learn the next level of horses. Because he's like, I've always loved horses. I just never had the opportunity to be around them and learn more about them. And this kid's a phenomenal athlete. <clears throat> so that's where our network, we're, you know, we're that person when someone's sitting there at home going, um, who can I call? You know, there's all these farms out there, but, you know, you can't just drive up, well, you can just drive up to some farms or just pull someone out of the phone book. But with the Windy Work Question Program, they can contact us, and then we can refer them to somebody who's going to kind of help them on their path to getting to know more about horses or just getting out on a farm and helping out. So, wow. uh, <laughs> with, uh, when you're talking about riders, I mean, there's a lot of people who are just, they're interested there's a lot of people, there's such a mystery about horses that I think our program is going to make horses a little more accessible to people. A lot of people think that horses are expensive, and they can be. They're absolutely, it's just like cars. If you get a million dollars, I'll find you a million-dollar car. But if you just want a, a project horse, you know, rescues are a great place to find that. So when you come to the Winter War Equestrian Program, we're kind of like staying in touch with various groups of people, and then we can direct people to someone who is you know, a really good dressage instructor and so forth, or eventing or raining or whatever it might be. You have such an amazing program, Bridget, there. And <laughs> and how are you able to connect with all these different people and all these different farms around the country? How are you able to connect these, um, these veterans with those farms? Uh, <clears throat> right now, it's just a matter of building the brand and getting our name out there. And I've been using uh, Facebook to do that. Thank goodness for Facebook. Um, and then we just got our new website out. So then people can join the network officially. Um, nonprofits can join for free. And I kind of look at our website. It's going to develop into something, the combination of like Andy's list with Craig's list. And just kind of a place where a lot of people can go just for information. Um, we're essentially marketing what other people are doing. So for what you all are doing with the para-equestrian um, discipline, which is amazing, um, I was very excited when Hope reached out to me. Um, you guys are, I'm going to help send more people to you. I'm going to be out kind of recruiting people or finding people and saying, hey, do you guys need someone or would you be interested in helping this person out? Because they seem to have a great skill that would work with what you all are doing. And then same with um, other trainers and um, programs around. Um, so it, it's, it's going to be pretty neat. And we got some, uh, look on the environmental side of it, you know, working with farmers, you know, the logistics guys behind the scenes, um, mm -hmm. getting some, uh, some of the homeless veterans. I've talked to some farmers 
to see if they'd be interested in putting a bunkhouse on their farm. Because a lot of these homeless vets, they just need a place to live. And they can weed eat. They can mow grass. They can learn how to drive a tractor. They just want a place to belong. So our right. program is, you know, the con- I mean, once I start talking about it, people are like, oh, my goodness. But it's really kind of yeah. just being good neighbors to one another and just sharing information. Right. Yeah, that's right. It's getting back to being good buddies and neighbors and friends and, you know, helping each other out. So hopefully yeah, that's, that's, I'm just being that's sort of boils down to everybody uh, helping each other out. And Bridget, what can you tell us about um, the, the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs? Um, I know they have some involvement with some financial support for some of our veterans to participate in some of these programs. Um, are you familiar with that? Uh, no, I'm not. Um, I've right now I've been focusing mostly on the private side, working with uh, a lot of private donors and reaching out to corporations. Um, we are completely privately funded, so I'm going out to foundations. You know, like some families that establish foundations, you can write grants to. Um, the Wounded Work Question Program is really about um, Americans helping Americans, and mm-hmm. I appreciate what the Department of Veterans Affairs can do, but I'm not going to knock them for not doing something because I just don't want us to be as dependent on the government as what maybe some people, um, as what we have become. And that's just because I worked for the federal government for so long. And um, and I'm not knocking the government, you know, or anything like that. It's just they got a lot to do. And I think with our program, we can have a lot of fun with helping each other and showing people how to be empowered in and of themselves. But then I do have contacts within the Veterans Administration and the DAV. So later on, I do see going and talking to them and seeing what programs they do have to uh, facilitate what we're doing. But that's and, not really and Bridget, I, right I'm now. not. I'm not sure if um, you know because it's brand new news that um, we're releasing out there. But um, the United States Equestrian Federation and the United States Olympic Committee has announced. Um, U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs Veteran Monthly Assistance Allowance Program, and it's for para-equestrian dressage riders. So I know where you'll come into oh, wow. play is you'll you'll have these riders that are very interested in becoming athletes, top international athletes, and they'll be able to come through our program and become top para-equestrian dressage athletes, and there's also a great financial support now behind them to become Paralympic athletes under the in dressage. So that's pretty exciting awesome. for us. I'm sure you didn't know that. Yeah. So I know. No, that, I, I didn't that know that. So that's great. Yeah. So we're excited about that. I actually just got a. I, I'm sorry. I just got a phone call the other day from a young lady who wants to take dressage lessons, and oh, she's wonderful. a wounded warrior. So when I get off the phone here, I'll probably be sending Hope a message on Facebook. I need to call this young lady back. We've been playing phone tag, and I think she's here in Virginia. So you guys may have a a young dressage rider coming to you. Uh, we would welcome and be happy to have any um, riders, and of course, including our um, our veterans. That would be super. So, what's next on the agenda for you uh, going through the winter and into the spring with your program? <clears throat> right now, I'm looking to. Uh, I'm right now. I'm just getting the all the background information straight, and we're getting the agreements together 
we have an agreement, a participatory agreement set, and it's on our website for nonprofits to join our network. We're working on the participatory agreement for uh, for-profit horse farms and farms to join our network. Um, and we're still doing a lot of the logistics behind the scenes. And then as the network grows and we're bringing in more funding for these small farms around the United States, I'm going to be looking to establish the headquarters for the Wounded Warrior Question Program, which is going to be called Freedom Farm. And that is going to essentially be a holistic healing um, center disguised or camouflaged as a dude ranch. And so that would be where when people come to the Wounded Warrior Question Program to learn about riding, because, you know, outside of the therapy programs and rescues, when they want to come to one of, uh, like, they want to come to Freedom Farm, they can live there for six months to a year, and they learn every aspect about being around horses. And it's a place for them to get back on their feet if they've fallen on possibly some uh, questionable times or kind of hard times and we're going to have room for families to live there. So I'm kind of behind the scenes and kind of putting things together to allow other people to really shine. Um, raising awareness to like what you guys are doing, helping spread the word about you all. Um, and then talking to all the breed associations, talking to all the different um, dressage, eventing um, communities, raining, um, barrel racing, all that kind of stuff talking to farmers and really getting people together to see what we can do as a, you know, essentially rural America. And um, so the next phase, once I get the network established and really solid, is establishing Freedom Farm. And I do see that being here in Virginia. It's probably going to be about a 1,000 or 2,000 acre farm. And um, that's going to be pretty amazing. That's going to be pretty awesome. So, that is going I. I commend you on all the hard work you're doing, and we really thank you for your service, and thank you for everything you're doing for our wounded veterans out there. So we're very oh, appreciative. Thank you so much. Thanks, and I, I know our message to, to take home about this is any veteran out there that's interested in, in getting involved with the equestrian sport is really they can jump start with you guys through the Wounded Warrior Equestrian Program. And 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 then they can also join, you know, part of the United States Paraquestrian Association and and start para driving or para dressage and and they and I don't know if they realize always that there's some financial support there as well through the United States Olympic yeah. Committee. So okay, very cool. It's, yeah, it's just so amazing when so I start much. talking to people about horses, and they're like, "What? Why? What is it about horses?" And I said, "Horses have always been the greatest equalizer known to man." no matter if it was in establishing a civilization or on the battlefield. And in a time where the horses are no longer on the battlefield and they've been mostly on in a competitive arena, we're going to bring horses more back into people's everyday lives. I think some people feel that they have to be a high-level rider or com- competitor to appreciate horses, and that's not the case. And that's not, you know, it's just... There's horses available for every walk of life and for everyone's ability and everyone's discipline. Yeah. I mean, the equestrian sport can really empower everybody just to be around horses or be with horses. Thank you for, for being on the show today and talking with Regina and I. And, again, commend you on all that you're doing. You're doing so much for the wounded warrior. So, so thank you so very much. 
This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. If you've ever had a horse with diarrhea, you know what a frustrating problem it can be. Finding an ingredient that works to dry up the diarrhea becomes a high priority. It turns out that researchers have found one, a yeast called Saccharomyces boulardii. It has been proven to improve and halt episodes of diarrhea. It supplies specific nutrients to the lining of the small and large intestines, and these nutrients promote healing of irritated tissues. It also supports improved starch and sugar digestion in the small intestine, reducing the opportunity for imbalances to occur in the hindgut. Nalox Advanced, made by Kentucky Performance Products, contains Saccharomyces boulardii, along with a blend of fermentation solubles and stomach buffers. Nalox Advanced is recommended for horses of any age that are suffering from diarrhea. It also supports a healthy digestive tract in horses at risk for gastric or colonic ulcers, such as performance horses or any horse that is constantly on the go and exposed to stressful situations. For best results, Nalox Advanced should be fed on a daily basis. This Nutritional Minute has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com. Well, Lindsay, I look forward to seeing you um, hopefully again down in Florida in March for the uh, CDPDI three-star, which will um, have riders from uh, many para riders from around the country coming to compete in down in Wellington. You're going to be there, right? Of course. Um, let me think. I'll be four months, no, five months pregnant, maybe. <laughs> Around oh, you're going to look so, so cute. <laughs> no, I, I think right now I'm just, just going to be fat. You know, I'm, at the, I'm in that in-between period where you're not really pregnant, not really not pregnant. So I hope I look a little more pregnant then. <laughs> you will. <laughs> now it looks like you've just been drinking too much beer. Yes, that's what I keep saying. <laughs> it looks awful. No. I remember I have had those days. Well, you I don't think you could look anything except cute as a button, so I look forward to seeing you down in Florida. Yeah, and then after that, I know, so we have that one, and then in April, I'm heading to, to California for Rancho Marietta for that three-star, which is our last U.S. three-star for them to qualify. Will I see you there? I don't think I'll be out to California. I have a big anniversary uh, right around that time with my husband, and I think we're probably going to be doing a little celebrating. Well, what day is your anniversary? Uh, April 8th, and it'll be 25 years. Oh, congratulations. That's great. Thank you. Yeah, I'm very excited. Ours is April 3rd, so it's right at that time period as well. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's a great time of year. We're we're only on five years, but it's still a good milestone for us. <laughs> That's great. That's awesome. So is the 25-year anniversary the Hanoverian anniversary, the Oldenburg anniversary? What is it? Ooh. I had to look Ooh. that one up. Yeah. <laughs> our, t- our 25th was the dirt anniversary. <laughs> oh, well, I had, I had got... 
a horse manure before I was back into horses for a garden on one of our anniversaries. So that was kind of fun. That, so you had a poop anniversary. That's awesome. <laughs> yes, I did. Nothing like some poop. See what you have to look forward to? Oh, yeah. Jennifer, why was yours a dirt anniversary? My husband and I drove into the deepest, darkest recesses of the mountains in South Carolina and went gem mining. Oh, wow. <laughs> yep, and we, uh, we, we dug up sapphires, and we took the one that was big enough, because most of them were super tiny, and we took the one that was big enough and made it into a little piece of jewelry. It was really fun. We enjoyed it immensely. That sounds like fun. I, I think shopping for a horse might up that, though. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Well, that's exciting. Uh, I, I wish I, I could have, what's my five here, then? What, what do I get? She gets Oldenburger Hanoverian. What do I get? <laughs> you're going you're gonna to get yeah. Shetland Pony. Shetland. You got yeah. it. <laughs> a pony for the new baby. That's right. <laughs> a Shetland Pony. <laughs> It's perfect. <laughs> you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on the website at dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search for Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. And you can learn more about the United States Para Equestrian Association at USDEA.org. And, of course, always on Facebook. <laughs> and don't forget to check out all the other shows on Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. And remember, one man's wrong lead is another man's counter-canter. So true. So true. <laughs>